Time to get the latest from the quarterback of the pack, Aaron Rodgers. It's Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's your host, Jason Wildey. Do we change it? Your uh, your back. This is ridiculous. Superman? I thought Mitch was your guy. It is Tuesdays one week. Is, I mean, even the radio station starts freaking out. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Tuesdays with Aaron, the Aaron Rogers show. <sighs> no I'm bone worried. thugs. No live. I'm worried. I think you're going 0 16. What are you gonna do? Okay, let's start the questions. All right. So honestly talk people off the ledge because it's amazing that after one game uh there's a measure of panic among your very loyal followers and fans it's just one game it's yeah it's frustrating we put a lot into it a lot of preseason offseason training camp snaps but uh yeah it's it's a really good football team you know and and i think we're a really good football team too but uh we made more mistakes than them um we uh, didn't capitalize on some opportunities we had on offense, didn't didn't stop them when we needed to on defense all the time, and, and that's why we lost. Jared Bush made a comment that's gotten him a lot of criticism for saying, you know, that he didn't feel like the 49ers beat you, that you beat yourselves, which is always a dangerous thing to say. I think Clay gotten, I don't want to say hot water, but some criticism too for saying that about the Giants. When a player says that, though, and I'm not asking you to speak for them, but you guys are, are focused on what you do, and you feel like if you execute, you at least give yourself a better chance to win. So you don't say that exact phrase because you're smart enough to know how that's going to be taken, but what is the feeling behind that? It's just that we didn't we didn't play as well as we could have. What is, what's kind of the feeling behind a statement like that? I think in both of those cases that uh, they were innocent statements. They, they were more just that that we want to focus on the things that we do well and we feel like if we do those things and do them well we should be in position to win the game or win the game um, i don't think either of those two guys were trying to disrespect the giants or the niners in those situations um, they were just trying to state something that's been fed by coaches since as long as we can remember and we've all played football for a long time that um, you know it's it's more about what we do than what they do but the Niners beat us. I mean, they played better, um, they executed better, and they uh, they deserve to win the game. You haven't lost an opener since your rookie year, so this hasn't happened before. Where yeah, you guys have been zero and one. Um, what is it? What is it like in the locker room? I'm guessing it's not as panicky as it seems to be in the general population. It's not at all like that. It's it's fine. I mean, guys, you know, you're upset uh, Monday when you come in and watch the film and. But you move on. You learn to move on quickly, and you got a new focus. And we have a lot of responsibilities and preparation. You move on to the next team. You're, you, yeah, you're obviously frustrated about it. You don't like losing. Don't like losing at home. Don't like losing to conference opponents. But it happened. Uh, it's one game. We got 15 more in the regular season left, and uh, we got to move forward. You know, regrouping after a loss is one thing, but doing it on a short week, I guess, makes it a little more challenging. It's better. It's better. It's better. How is it better? Because you can get back on the field. You can get back out on the field quickly. The the toughest part of this job is really the weeks after a loss. I mean, it's a a grind regular season. 
and it's even worse when you lose because you just think about um, you just can't you have that feeling you just can't wait to get back on the field and uh, and try and remedy the things that went wrong. Um, so that's that's the silver lining here is we get to get back out there um, in a couple of days and, and play a common opponent. So how how hard is it in terms of preparation? Because you know you talk so much about the importance of it. Uh, how tough is it to prepare for an opponent in this kind of 96-hour window? I'm sure it helps that you've played them before a lot. I'm sure it helps that I think you worked on them in preseason and training camp a little bit, right? How, what's the approach? Well, I think this is a week that really shows um, what I truly believe it it takes to be successful in this league. You have to be self-motivated. So this week, more than any other week, shows um, what guys are, are, uh, are going to be ready to play Thursday. There's not a chance to practice all the plays that we put in. Um, just there's not enough practice reps, not enough time, and and we're all, you know, sore Mondays and Tuesdays. Usually our recovery days. Um, so obviously we're all um, feeling the the effects of a game two days ago. But um, it's about who's going to be ready to play on Thursday and, and know their assignment and and have put in the preparation time. These are difficult weeks, but the um, the reward, hopefully, is is a victory and, uh, and and a chance to relax next week before you know some extended time off uh, this weekend uh, and, and then a Monday night game, which gives us a little more time off next week as well. Um, you, you talked when when you talked about Graham in the preseason, you made an interesting comment. You said Graham's a rhythm quarterback, and you said and that you are too. Do you mm-hmm. feel like? whether it was the officiating or the way the plays were playing out or whatever it might be, that you ever felt like you were in a good rhythm on Sunday? Well, it was one of those uh, choppy games where there were some, uh, some stoppages at different times. Uh, we really had three real possessions in the first half, you know, not not getting the ball first. They had it. They, uh, you know, they had some sustained drives, and there just wasn't, and we did as well, there wasn't uh, – uh, a lot of possessions in that half. There weren't a lot of big plays that, uh, you know, big chunk chunk yardage plays that kind of uh, make the drives a little quicker. Um, so it was just one of those games that, that uh, kind of had that um, that quick feel in the first half, and 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 then you know we didn't uh, we didn't make the most of some of our opportunities to hit some of those big plays to kind of get in those uh, those rhythm rhythms and those high levels of confidence um, that we we usually thrive on. We we know that you like fuel and you like uh, having things added to that chip on your shoulder. Um, the one thing people seem to, for lack of a better term, rip you for is the fourth quarter record, fourth quarter comeback record. Um, you know, were you disappointed? Obviously, that that opportunity didn't work out the way you wanted. But is that is that something that you relish? more opportunities to be in those situations or are you, hey I'd rather play from ahead I don't care what my record is in those kinds of games yeah I don't really care about that I've had a lot of game winning drives in the second third quarters um, you know there hasn't been a ton of situations uh, for those comeback opportunities in the last couple of years um, if you play well the first three quarters there's not going to be those situations so I like playing well in the first three quarters you um last week you, you sort of defended the well, maybe not defended, but you you said some things about the replacement officials, saying they were facing a lot of scrutiny. Um, the way the game went on Sunday, did you want to revise any of your uh, position on them, or you still think they're under unfair scrutiny? They're under a lot of scrutiny, and the ones we had last week deserve the scrutiny. You have to understand the rules. 
Um, what can you do as a player in those situations to try and minimize the impact it has? Uh, you have to try and curtail some of your frustration, I think. Um, it's just frustrating when uh, you're positive that, uh, that there's even either a missed call or uh, the rule was not interpreted the way it's supposed to be interpreted. And uh, there were multiple instances of that. And when you watch the film back, um, it's frustrating. That being said, there were some just bizarre calls on both sides. Um, we... I mean, anybody watches the TV copy, or I haven't. I mean, I saw it from the sideline. I mean, we scored a touchdown on a legit block in the back. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what happened on that, but uh, you know, it's just it's got to hopefully get better. When uh, when you benefit from a bad call, is there what's what's the feeling on the side? It's still a, it's still a disbelief. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I can't say it's comical. I mean, I don't feel bad because we had some some bad ones our way as well. Right. But uh, it's just surprised that you missed that that one because that one was um, not exactly a discreet block in the back. Um, we've talked on the show before. I think it was after you guys played Tampa, and Raheem Morris seems to have a fun back and forth with you. What do you think of Jim Harbaugh's sideline antics? Now you're a Cal guy. He's into he it. Coached at Stanford. He's, he's, he's definitely into it. Uh, we had a, a just a quick exchange there. Um, he was uh, upset about I can't remember if it was the Alden Smith call or uh, or an offsides something, but uh, the Alden Smith uh, taking off his helmet. Uh, I thought that my foot had taken it off, and then watching it back. I'm not quite sure what that was all about. I don't know if he – I don't think he was intentionally trying to rip his helmet off, but it looked actually in the replay like he kind of was. I don't know what was going on well, there. I, I, it seemed like it was pushed it up. It was jarred play, off, and I think he was – he did take it all the way off. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what happened there, but that's not a call you see hardly ever. Right. Uh, but Jim's fiery. He gets in the game, and Mike is as well, and, and you have to you have to appreciate your coach fighting for his players. Um He's had some interesting things happen over the last couple of years. <laughs> that he has. Uh, he's a great ghost, though. I mean, he's, he's doing yeah. he's doing some good things. I mean, he would. I don't think he'd be good for a, for our media purposes, but he's an intense dude. You think that? that intense. I mean, definitely. you're not looking to change coaches, but you think it would be interesting to play for him. What I does like, Alex tell you. Uh, I like I like Mike McCarthy. I'm you'll, gonna stick with Mike. Stick with him. Yep. Okay. Um, you know, the other thing that I thought was interesting was you, you mentioned Alden Smith. What did you say to him after, I think he chased you, thought he was going to get a sack, you threw the ball away on the sideline, and he, like, looked like he was saying something to you, and you maybe came back with, well, you didn't get a sack, I, I got rid of it, or something to that effect? Yeah, he was chasing me a bunch, um, and and he's uh, real athletic, and, and he chirps a little bit, but... Uh, we had we had a couple interesting exchanges. I mean, there's a lot of respect on my side for him, and and he's a great player. Um, and I was constantly trying to run as fast as I could to get away from him. Um, but he he kind of hit me on the sideline pretty good on our sideline in the uh, third quarter, and I got up real quick. And he, I think he wanted to say something there, but when I got up real quick, I kind of smiled and winked at him. Ah, uh, that's think he what was, I'm talking about. It was that the one, yeah. yeah. And uh, he won't. I don't really. I, don't, I couldn't tell what he was saying. But a lot of times that'll be when the trash talking starts from the defenders. But 
I like to get up quick in that situation, let them know they didn't they didn't hurt me there. So what did you think you guys did well against the 49ers before we get ready to move on? I mean, that's kind of Marshall, a loaded that's a loaded question. Well, why? It's a real condescending way you said that. You think so? Yep. I don't think condescending is the right word there. You think? That question was almost as bad as your shirt today. Your anti poor. Uh, it's Kansas poor, State. It's a poor, uh, poor color scheme. Okay. Well, um, but uh, what did we do well? I think that I think the line blocked really well. I think we neutralized uh, a lot of their stuff. Um, we had one miscommunication on a sack. We had one where I just couldn't believe that all seven of those guys came. Um, was looking at the right side and adjusting the stuff, and then lo and behold, Carlos Rodgers in my in my face. And then one sack when uh, I rolled to my left and Alden tripped me up. So all in all, I think the line played really well. I think Marshall did a great job. I think TJ did a great job. Um, in tough matchups on the, on the Smith the Smith guys, um, I thought we had uh, some real good time uh, to throw when we had uh, the, the correct protection adjustment made, and uh, and that was definitely a positive moving forward. What about how you used Randall? Yeah, that's you know nine catches, got him in the mix. Uh, he's such a smart, savvy, savvy player. He really understands coverages, and he's great when he catches the ball. I mean, he's like uh, he, he just really. He understands where the soft spots and the coverages are, and always gets gets vertical when he catches it. So he's he's a guy we love to get in space. We give him the ball and, and uh, kind of get out of his way. Um, Trey Wingo from ESPN pointed out a stat today on Twitter that was uh, you haven't had a hundred yard rusher in 28 games. It's the longest active streak in the league. The next team is 12 games. Now, as many people have pointed out, you're 22 and six in those regular season games. So it might be an overstatement to say. You need to run the ball better. It's but a pretty good record. Do you uh, do you think that that's? I mean, do you want to get Cedric going? You know, uh, what's your thought process on the running game? It's it's about uh, quality attempts and and making the most of the attempts that we get. Um, that obviously helps if you're ahead in the game and you can, uh, you know, you can get the guy uh, get the guy the ball some more carries in the second half, fourth quarter. Um, but uh, you know, the way the game kind of dictated uh, a couple of days ago, we had to kind of try and spread them out a little bit and um you know make some make some hay in the passing game but uh, we'd love to get cedric uh you know 20 plus carries and give him a chance to uh, to get 100 yards and we feel like he he has the talent to do it i asked uh mike mccarthy a question today i don't I didn't really like it very much it's one thing that you guys have done a lot of over the last x number of years is go different personnel and different formations a ton and you're always shuttling guys in and out it seemed like you guys kind of stuck with the same group a lot on Sunday. Did you feel that way? Is that part of the of the no huddle? Was it because of where you were on the scoreboard in the second half that you had to go with those four wides and, and Jermichael? Well, we liked we liked the matchup. We liked uh, yeah. some of the stuff we could do with Randall kind of moving around in the backfield and, and putting him out in the slot. And that's just kind of the way we went with that. Uh, it was uh, effective uh, in our, our second and last drive there in the first half. Took it down the field and scored and, and kind of uh, went back to it in the late third quarter and fourth quarter. Now, my most important question, from and I don't mean this in a condescending way, uh, uh, but, you know, the two places I go for my Aaron Rodgers news are ESPNWisconsin.com and TMZ. You said this at your locker today, so you've already addressed it. Um, so what is your relationship with boys to men? I don't care about this bet business, but was it your doing that they did the national anthem? Because you were 
I don't know how old you were in 1991, but that was when Cooley High seven. Harmony came out. Seven or eight, yeah. Okay. Were you a Cooley High Harmony guy then, or what? what's the story behind that? Uh, I'm, I'm definitely been a fan uh, for a while, and uh, got to meet them uh, at the Kentucky Derby. They've, the last couple of years, uh, performed at the uh, Barnstable uh, party the night before, the uh, Kentucky Derby the Friday night before, which is always a good event. And... Um, I got to meet them this year. They were sitting uh, sitting outside um, uh, the first day, and we were sitting close, so I got to meet them and talk to them a little bit. And um, they're big sports fans, and I was uh, been a fan of theirs for a while, so it was fun to get to know them. I encouraged them at the time to uh, um, they should sing the anthem. They were talking about, man, I've never been to Lambo. I want to come. Yeah. And I said, well, you guys should sing the anthem. There's an easy way to come up and watch a game. So, um, so yeah, it was good to have them up there and uh, did a good job singing. You gonna book anybody else for anthems, or are you are you gonna focus on quarterback? Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna stick to stick to QB. In. Well, we uh, we're doing the show a little later than normal today, but uh, we still got to use our friend Drew Olson's D-list question of the day. They were uh, they were talking about aliases and fake names today on the show. When you check into the team hotel, do you use fake names and do you change it up or do you? Uh, no comment. No. No comment. Can you use? Can you give us some of the ones you maybe used in the past that have been retired? Uh, Chuck Norris. You've used that before. Yep. Um, I we've never. I mean, we sometimes stay at the team hotel as the media group. Do you do? I mean, how does that work? That you so you don't have people calling your room or whatever else. I mean, do you really have to use a fake name or? Yeah, I had. you, s- you want to tell this story. You I want to tell, tell the story, story, but I just don't know. <laughs> I was, I'm was i pretty sure I was under a fake name at the Super Bowl. Um, and I had a gentleman call me. Uh, I'm not sure how he got my room number, but for me now, like when I get a call on my room, it's either, you know, it's, it's Brett Good or John Coon or, you know, Matt Klein or somebody just either have a question or someone wants to talk to me or we you know where are we going to dinner um, and how all of them know? can just contact me on my cell phone but they you know either they they have been to my room already or we were playing okay. cards or or you know we were hanging out or whatever or they know the fake name you're using yeah but they I don't think they I change it up so they don't know it but um <laughs> but anyway need to say this guy called me I answered the phone and I'm sleeping it's like uh I, don't, I can't remember what day. It might have been like Tuesday afternoon, and I'm sleeping. So I'm like, yeah, like I'm, uh, hello, and hey, so-and-so, uh, this is, you know. And I'm like, man, I'm sleeping. I'm, uh, you know. And so he calls back and leaves a message. Well, he, he basically was leaving this message trying to get me to, like, make dona- a donation to his, I don't know what he is, his minister or something. And, and then he, like, finds me at the at the hotel. Wow. As well, he was, he was kind of a little stalkerish. Although you have to give him, that can't be easy. No. Now you didn't give him any money, but you at least had to give him a little bit of credit for tracking you down. That's. I think he had some help from from uh, a former former Green Bay Packer. Oh. That's okay. that's my own personal theory, well, uh, conspiracy theory. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of the only time somebody has um, bothered me there. Well, we will uh, not counting, not counting. Oh, wait, another story. Not counting the uh, the uh, the prank harassing calls I got the night of the Super Bowl, but that, that I'll save that for my book. Well, I look forward to reading that. Period. Uh, 
we are uh, we're at halftime here on the Aaron Rodgers Show. We'll go inside the helmet. We'll uh, look ahead to the Bears, and we'll do your Ask Aaron questions. We'll do that all next. This is the Aaron Rodgers Show with Aaron Rodgers. Talk Packers all day long, all day long. on 540 ESPN. No matter, just don't curse. Back on the Aaron Rodgers show, the second half. Motown Philly. This back song really here. bothers me. Really? Yep. Not your favorite. Not at all. Uh, your friends work. Not at all. Do you have a favorite? I got a, I got a couple. I like Water Runs Dry. That's a good one. Okay. I have to admit, I haven't uh, brushed up on my. Boys to Men or Belt of DeVoe uh, tunes lately. <laughs> uh, let's go inside the helmet. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's talk do about it. a few of the plays from. Uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of condescending, um, let's talk about the deep ball to Nelson on third and one. Because that seemed to be a play that worked so well for you guys last year, those, that shot play. Oh, yeah. Um, first of all, like. Is that a run pass option type thing? Is that no, a call that's from a, Mike? Is that your call? call? That's a, it was yeah, it was a call. Okay, now my boring conservative nature. I'm sitting there going, well, it's one yard. Get the one yard and keep the drive going. Um, is that that's the best time to take that shot because everyone's expecting you to try and get that one yard? Or yeah, I mean it's a play we've had a lot of success with. Yeah. I think we had the first down on second down. I mean, the spot was surprising. But that being said, that being said, that being said, we—that's uh, a play that we run with uh, with pretty good uh, efficiency. Um, uh, they went to one high. I came out, and uh, the angle was was a little muddled for Jordy. It was, you know, it wasn't like um, he ran a bad route or I threw a bad ball. Just um, they did a nice job covering it downfield um the other play that nelson was involved in and i think we just said this when we were talking last week about your throws to him uh, against joe hayden in the cleveland game that mm-hmm. you throw balls to him expecting them to be caught i'm assuming that you thought that that one was going to be for sure caught yeah fourth down you know had a, had a one-on-one with jordy um and they had pressure that was that was unblocked and just kind of dropped or retreated and uh, and tried to put a ball in his area. And uh, How tough is that when right, – because it was Parrish Cox, right, I think, that was coming – he's coming from Bulaga's side, and yeah. there's nothing in between him and you, so you know you're going to get popped. We just kind of know that in that situation, you the last thing you want to do is kind of throw a three-yard pass and hope he gets seven. Um, make You know, somebody makes a guy miss um, – and really, on that play, Jordy was the best option um, to uh, to pick up the first down because of that pressure that they brought. Um, felt good about the about the throw, and and uh, you look at the film. I mean, that was that was a good play by a defender. Um, play that that Jordy has has made some unbelievable catches in similar situations, uh, and this time it was just a, a very good play by the defender. The only other play I wanted to ask you about, and I'm. Sorry that it's three ones that didn't work out the way you wanted them to. But you, you Not mentioned, surprising. You mentioned uh, well, I'm just out to get you today. Um, you mentioned during the inter- about the interception when I watched it, you know, again yesterday. Greg does kind of throw his hand up. You, you, so take us through that because I don't understand 
what happens there for you? Because you, you kind of explained it a little bit after the game, but maybe a little more in-depth for us. It's hard to explain unless you've uh, kind of been back there, but a lot of times you're seeing flashes, um, guys in areas. And, you've told us that before. Yeah, and uh, I felt like he flashed his hands on me like he, he, he thought he was wide open, kind of running free, um, which he was for a second, but they were playing uh, zone coverage. And um, it just sped up my time clock, and I wanted to get it to him quickly. And the bounce, it was just a bad throw. I, the ball didn't get out of my hand. The, the ball didn't get out of my hand the way I wanted it to. Uh, even if I do throw it the way I want, he probably gets rocked by uh, Deshaun right. Goldson. Um, you know, in retrospect, that's probably one you you would have liked to just check it down. And uh, fortunately, that, that was a play that came back to bite us. Interesting that you say, though, that if you make the throw you want to, he probably gets rocked. How cognizant are you of that as a quarterback? Because that seems to me to be something that, generally speaking, you're pretty good about. Because I don't see your guys. And when it does happen, it, and it's rare, I, I get the sense it bothers you. No, I feel terrible about it. And it's it's happened a few times. Um I remember I threw a backside uh, deep cross to Jermichael against Cleveland in 2008 uh, up there uh, that I was, uh, you know, uh, he caught it. He had a little bit of time, but uh, he kind of got his knee taken out. Um, oh, it might have been nine, yeah. 2009, sorry. Um, th- that was disappointing when I threw one. Uh, we were playing the Saints down there, I believe. That was 2008 that Greg got rocked. Um, there's been a few that have just uh, – you know, unfortunately, gotten guys in, in compromising situations, but it's just not not something I like to do. I like to right. take care of my guys, and and I feel like I have the uh, the accuracy to to put a ball in a spot where guys can maybe avoid a big time hit. Now, sometimes it's unavoidable. A guy makes a great reaction on the ball, or I'm staring a receiver down too much. But uh, for the most part, I like to to try and put it on the proper number to avoid you know, some of those major contacts. I feel horrible about the one, uh, you know, with Krabby against uh, Cincinnati on the. Uh, uh, on the offsides, where I, I tried to fit it down the seam to him, uh, he made a nice, um, nice catch. He, he caught that. He one held on to the ball. Yeah, he caught that one guy. and got rocked by Taylor Mays. What could you have done? Uh, that's a good example. What could you have done differently, other than not throw him the ball there? I guess. Well, if you put the ball more on his back, back shoulder, and not above shoulder level, he can stay on the ground and, and absorb a shot maybe that's in the back. Um, where he's got some padding as opposed to when he's extended and just catching it coming down with it where he's kind of off the ground in a compromising position. So you, th- how many thoughts do you think go through your head too many. in a, in a 2.5-second span? <laughs> too many. I mean, I, Jordy got uh, got hit hard on the back on that two-point conversion. That was one I was trying to put in the spot um, that would avoid a major, major hit. I was able to get that one kind of below the shoulder level, but he still got hit hard He kind of knows that he's going to get hit there, though, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, let's look ahead to the Bears. Now, this is a team that, again, statistically, before last season, I think everyone kind of talked about how, well, if anyone's got Aaron Rodgers' number or has figured out a little bit better way to defend him, and McCarthy even got a question about it from the Chicago media, and he didn't dispute the notion. Now, I went back and looked at your stats against them last year when you threw five touchdowns in the Christmas game and three to Jermichael down in Chicago, and your numbers are quite high. They're both over 100 passer rating, etc. But do you feel like they've got, you know, whether it's familiarity or the way their scheme is, that they're a little bit better against you than some other people are? No. 
They asked me the same thing in the in the conference they did. call okay. with Chicago media. It's a perception, though. I mean, it right or wrong, there seems to be people that think that it's a real good defense. You know, any real good defense should play well, regardless who they're playing at quarterback. I mean, that they have every quarterback's number that they play. I mean, I just think it's a it's kind of a silly question. Um, Thank you. We had some success last year against them. Um, we've won against them. I think what four in a row. Yeah, I think you're seven and one. Yeah, so season against them, maybe we've had some pretty good success against them. I don't know where that notion comes from. Um, but it is it is tough sledding. I mean, I remember that 2009 game where you won it with the touchdown to Jennings. Was that 2009? 2008? A 50 yarder with a one one eleven left. I mean, Nine. It, you, you go into you go into these games wanting to be good, obviously. But do you go into these games knowing that it's not going to be easy because of the way their defense plays? Yeah, I mean, you know they got a, they got a solid defense. They have um, very good front four that rushes well. they got some experience in the linebacker position. they got a great nickel in D.J. Moore. they got um, corners and safeties who understand the defense really well and make plays in the football. Um, it's a tough defense. you got to execute really well. Um, that's how they play everybody else, too. I mean, they're, they're tough to score on if their offense is, is playing well and, and giving a lead that's even playing in their hands even more. So um, it's always a difficult testing to play in Chicago. We know that. And, um, you know, it it's, uh, makes it that much sweeter when you when you are able to come out on top. What do you see from your guy, Erlacher? That's been a big storyline down in Chicago, that knee that he's dealing with. I think they took him out of the game early. They took him out in the third quarter. To rest yeah. him, yeah. Took him out in the third quarter. Um He's making plays. I mean, he's still making plays on the ball, and uh, when he's out there, he adds a lot to the defense, leadership, leadership-wise. Understand the defense, savvy, instincts. I mean, he's he's still a, a really, really good player. Yeah. Any change in your preparation for them uh, on the short week, defensively, offensively? I'm guessing that the Packers defense has a little bit more work to do because they're they're. I think they're going to be a different offense. I mean, they have a different offensive coordinator. Cutler now has Brandon Marshall to go to. Is it, I don't want to say nice, but is it helpful that they're pretty much unchanged on that side of the ball preparation-wise? Well, that's how they've been since Lovey's been there. I mean, they, uh, they're they very well coached. Lovey does a great job of getting those guys ready every week. Um, they have a good plan. They disguise their coverages. They make plays when they're there. They're um, smart, athletic, instinctual. They force turnovers. I mean, it's it's a really, really good defense. Let's uh, let's get to the Ask Aaron questions. If you want to submit one, you can either do it via email and send it to me, uh, or you can use the hashtag Ask Aaron. Aaron Carter from whatever he is, the Backstreet Boys, wherever he may get some of those questions too. Apparently. Do you need a little he's brother of one of them? Maybe he's a younger brother of one. Nick of the, Carter. Nick, is it Nick Carter? Yeah, Nick. That's boy. You know, for a guy that was seven years old in 1991, you're pretty good at this uh, 90s music thing. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Great generation of music. Um, uh, an interesting mix of kind of heavy questions and uh, light-hearted questions. You want to? I'm going to give you a heavy Go ahead, one yeah. first. Uh, this one comes from Dan. He says, "As a parent of a five-year-old boy who loves football, I have reservations about allowing him to play because of all the concussions and neck injuries I see. Do you think I'm overreacting as a dad, or do you think that the day will come where the game?" Uh, along with better technology, will almost eliminate this stuff, and he can feel better about having a five-year-old who loves football. Mm, it's hard to talk because I don't have a kid yeah. of my own. Um, but uh, I think there's concussions in every sport. 
There's concussions in soccer. There's concussions in hockey. There's concussions in basketball. Um, sports can be dangerous injury-wise, regardless if there's head injuries or leg injuries and knee injuries or whatever. So um, I, I think what my parents did was just support us and encourage us to, to play as many sports as we as we wanted to and, and pick the ones that we really enjoyed the most or, or were the best at or liked playing. And, and that's kind of um, how I would uh, want to steer my kids. Um, I think that the technology that they have now um, with some of the equipment, as it starts to, starts to filter down um, through the uh, through the ranks from from ours down to the uh, you know high school level, is going to make um, our sport even more even more safe. You don't have a kid. You do have a kid brother. Uh, I got to watch him on the Big Ten Network on on Saturday night. I know that outcome didn't come. Do you, do you watch those games and hold your breath a little bit when he takes a big hit too? Though I mean, nice no, tough. <laughs> He's tough. I'm not worried about him. Okay. Uh, Sean says, no one. Fo- I noticed no one photobombed the captain's photo on Sunday. Are you still recruiting for that? I think Graham was in there. Oh, he was? I think okay. so. I noticed when I turned around he was in there. Nick Collins photobombed it kind of too. Maybe. Okay. There, is it, you got to align well, though, right? I mean, you got to find the... You have a good open, timing. Yeah. You have to have a good timing and, and, and a good good alignment, yes. Uh, Brian says, great article in Men's Health. Um, I'm Yay. sure he meant great article in Milwaukee Magazine. But um, can you really hop on a medicine ball and toss footballs behind your back at once? Can you tell? Can you? I don't. As you can tell, I don't get men's health. What did I miss? Hop on a medicine ball. I don't think I was standing on top of it. I might have been on on one of those uh, like the big Swiss ball things. Medicine ball. Hop on a medicine ball. No, I, I can do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what did you talk about with men's health? They came and just filmed, or just took some pictures of one of my workouts, and then okay. talked about kind of the things that I've been thinking about, diet-wise and workout-wise. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Anthony says, if you could play with any receiver in football besides your own guys, who would you choose and why? Is there any guy that you kind of would love to see acquired here? That pie in the sky, Larry Fitzgerald or Megatron or and Megatron would be fun. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Uh, kind of reminds me of Moss when Moss was in his prime, where he just put his hand up, which means, "Hey Dante, throw it up. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna go get it." Uh, I know Packer fans aren't very fond of Randy Moss, but um, but no, I love I love my guys. But watching Megatron is pretty impressive. Uh, Bobby asks our other heavy question. He says, "Where were you on September 11th, 2001?" I was driving in my car um, because of the time difference. Uh, I was. I think school started at like 8.25 or something, so I'm driving in my car listening to my country radio, and I hear them kind of break in, and they're talking about uh, something on the radio, about something in New York, and I'm, I wasn't really paying attention. I kind of turned it up and uh, couldn't believe what I was hearing and, um, you know, got in the school and... I really uh, res- always respected this about uh, about our teachers that day. That uh, they realized this thing was a lot bigger than um, a lot bigger than class and a lot bigger than um, what was going on that day. That uh, it was really out of respect the need to kind of pause and and uh, understand that 
the human part of this and how it kind of brings people together a tragedy like this and we stopped and watched a lot of coverage all day and it was uh very quiet day on campus i remember just having uh just weird feelings about uh about how this could happen in america and and feeling for the victims uh right away and and just in disbelief as uh you know i think on the radio the the second tower the first tower had gone down when i was driving to school and the second one uh, went down um, almost before our eyes, and it was just a, a very numbing, um, numbing time to see that happening. And we're uh, you were in New York last year to play. Um, have you? You're going there again this year. Is there any? Did you guys go to the memorial or? No, but when we were uh, going there for the draft in '05, we got to kind of take some time, and even then, there was still um, a lot of a lot of rubble um, that was getting cleared out i mean you can't imagine the kind of uh damage that was done but we were able to um to visit some uh like one of the churches that uh that didn't get um demolished that's close to the the right. ground zero we got to to walk around that where everyone was putting up the pictures of their loved ones i think it was stuff, yeah you know. just uh you know it's sports played an important role in kind of the healing process, I think, uh, especially you, you, I think about you know Mayor Rudy Giuliani and and uh, and his strength and and how you know those those Yankees and, and Mets games kind of were a source of pride for the uh, the, the New York folk. Um, that was a tough time, but now we're it's crazy to think we're 11 years from yeah. that, and uh, hopefully nothing like that happens again. Packers were supposed to play there the following week. They ended up playing there in January. I remember going with a bunch of the other writers to Ground Zero and just—I mean, there's—I don't know if I've ever seen anything more powerful than that. Uh, tough conversational segue. Um, another Bobby is wondering about some of the commercials you've done. Do you ever worry about overexposure and how picky are you with your endorsements? Is that something you have to think about? Without a doubt, that's a good question. I, I do. I do think about that, and like we've reached, uh, you know, my own personal max on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I oversaturation, over overexposure is something that I don't, I don't want to happen. I, I've picked, I think, my um, endorsement partners uh, pretty wisely, and 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 really enjoy those partnerships. Um, have had a lot of fun, um, you know, doing those commercials. Excited about the next State Farm commercial. I think it's one that's going to be really funny. Again, making fun of me, which is always seems to come off pretty good. Um, but I, I, I do, I do think about that, and, and uh, but we've made some good commercials, so they kind of get out there. Yeah, the uh, this is I'm, I'm always interested in how people choose to phrase questions, and these are two questions that are similar, and I think you'll notice what I'm talking about. John asks, Are Jermichael Finley's drops a problem? Are they affecting his morale? And Lucas asks, Finley has had some great games against the Bears. What is it about what they do that make things favorable for J. Mike? So kind of a positive negative there. Yeah, J. Mike, his rookie year, uh, made a, a catch down the field um, when he got one-on-one coverage. I believe it was against Kelly Payne, number 44. Um, that was kind of his first real big play for us in the game. And uh, they've always they've always chose um, to guard him. You know, if if it's man with a safety, which is often a good matchup, and uh, he just he's a big body who's who's made some big plays for us against him. 
um, when you got a big body running down the seams uh, with a um, a large margin of, of error for the for the throw because of his his range and his hands um, gives you a lot of confidence. So um, Jermichael's confidence wise is is very high. Um, we have a lot of confidence in him and and uh, just got to find ways to give him the ball. Last uh, last one for this week and. I choose it because during the break last week, you suggested something along these lines as you are always looking to improve the show. Mm, yes. uh, Kevin says, uh, what is your favorite deep thought from Jack Handy? And have you worked on, I'll add to that, have you worked on any more of your ideas? No, I haven't worked on no, You're a little busy. You're kind of giving away show. some secrets here. I don't appreciate it. But, you don't uh, appreciate the fact no, that I'm pointing out I that don't. you care about the show? No, no, no. You'd like to see yeah, me. I don't want, don't I don't want people to know that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, gosh, okay. There's so many. There's so many good deep thoughts. Um, now wait a minute. Now let's let's do the background before you start talking about your deep thoughts. What like when those were on? Again, you were a fairly young guy, weren't you? When those kind of stuff. Yeah, I got I got kind of put onto those from from a a friend with a real good sense of humor, and uh, the more I read them, the more I was just crazy about them and, yeah. and i love them and uh I, i've read probably just about all of them uh there's so many good ones some that probably aren't appropriate for the air that are still kind of funny that are just kind of demented a little bit yeah but uh but quirky. they're out there so. I, I love i love the one about uh you know the, the kids playing with uncle caveman and then um you know one day uncle caveman ate one of us and then we realized uncle caveman was a bear that's a great one um you know the, the uh, gosh. I mean, there's just there's so many good ones. Um, yeah, the, the the prank ones are always kind of funny when you know the prank of a um, you know and the Halloween prank of a jack o' lantern with a with a dagger in the in the <laughs> in the head that says in a in a sticker that says you. I mean, that's kind of funny. I don't know. Just just I mean, they're so bizarre and, and they, they the, the delivery and watching them back, the delivery of them was just so ridiculously dramatically funny that uh, it just makes those uh those just incredible so we know that you're a fan of those we know you're a fan of the princess bride are there any other things that really make you laugh is there any comedian or anything else that's on the list of the smugness of alex trebek when he corrects a contestant on jeopardy <laughs> I just think it's so incredible. It's like, really, Alex, you knew that one? I mean, he's just so smug about it sometimes. Ooh, I'm sorry. Yeah. He's like, oh, you think you... Farrell does a pretty good job when he when he used to do I that? love Celebrity Jeopardy. That's another that's another one of my favorite things. I mean, SNL and, and Mad TV has been uh, has been a source of a lot of a lot of laughs. There's a um, the Mad TV did a um, a spoof on the Abercrombie um, like commercials and just Abercrombie in general. That's <laughs> just Unbelievable. So I would recommend going and checking that out if so, you have a little time. So if you ever make it, I, I, if you if the scheduling works out for Saturday Night Live, which I know it didn't work out this off season, who knows if it'll work out next off season? Do you have some favorite skits that you'd like, like recurring skits, like Celebrity Jeopardy, or do you think maybe you could get them to uh, let you do deep your own deep thoughts on Jack Handy that you could be the narrator or anything like that? We'll see. I got some ideas. Okay. Once again, another show that you're going to have ideas for that you don't want me saying that you have ideas for. Right. Okay. Well, on that note, another week is in the books. We will be back next week with a regularly scheduled program.
uh, hopefully talking about a one-and-one Packers team because otherwise we're going to have a lot more people very concerned. Uh, so this will uh, we'll talk about the Seattle Seahawks and their quarterback situation, I'm sure. Your friend Matt Flynn is out there in Seattle, but right now Russell Wilson is their starter. We'll look back on the Bears game, and, of course, we'll take your Ask Aaron questions again next week. This has been the Aaron Rodgers Show.